on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on YouTube, for lifelong Saints fans, talking everything Southampton. Welcome to the Saints Prime Podcast. Hello, welcome to the 73rd episode of the Saints Prime Podcast. It's me, Ollie. I'm also joined with... Harry! Mikey! So we've got plenty to come up, haven't we? We've got... Tiz, what have we got, to, what have we got today? You've got stuff to cover. What we've are you going to We've got the opening question that we always do. We've got your question that you sent in. We've got Norwich and everything else. Mikey, well. what are you covering so, today? Press conference. Press conference. That's what week. he thinks. Yeah, um, so... And then also we got... What else have we got? We've got... Match previews come up afterwards as well, so we'll give our overall thoughts on the game as it comes up. So, yeah, no. have all that good to look forward to. Um, we, As we promised, we said that Tizard's got a little question to start off with. Now, if you could do the honours, Tizard, it'd be much appreciated. Go for it, my friend. Okay, so the last time we played Norwich, it was 2-2 two, two, and an FA Cup third round time. Two goal scorers at Carrow Road for the okay. Saints. Have a think, write it down. Don't be too hasty, but have a little listen to the end of of the episode and we'll reveal it then so you can see if you're right remind me at the end Tizar because I normally forget it so we will cover it at the end so So yeah how forgettable your segment is man wait we're not having a segment all right we're gonna we're gonna be all very nice today okay um so yeah question for you there have a little think we'll reveal it at the end of the episode now Tizard, your second second piece questions that always get sent in they come in through the Instagram the king of the media the the social side of it it's all Harry Tizard so he's got it covered now, my friend, you're going to tell us about the question that's got sent in. Go cover it. Okay, so you got two NU with underrated Chadams and overrated Oberfemi. What do you think about that comment from two NU? I think it's an overrated comment. I think it should be the. Oh, do I say it should be the other oh, way around? Is that too controversial? That I, don't, is. I don't know how you can say Chadams is overrated uh, when we're in March and he still hasn't scored. I, I don't know. <laughs> I think a lot of people give him a massive amount of chances, which I do want to see him do well, of course, and I'm really excited when he's um, playing because I want him to do well. But it's got to a point now where he's pretty much had a whole season. He's been under the same manager. The The style has been pretty consistent now, and Obafemi's now starting to make his mark and kind of stepping up to the next level. And I expect Che Adams to kind of be able to do the same now. So although I do really want him to do well, and I know people will say, oh, Mane didn't hit on to his second season, yada, yada, yada. You look at Armstrong, and yeah, he's hitting on his second season. I get that, but I I would just hope there would be maybe a little bit more to rave around. That means he's the, you know, the, the second striker or the, the third striker rather than him kind of down in the pecking order. Am I out of order there? What do you reckon? With, with, with Armstrong and Mane, they showed signs of what they could do. Yeah. Adams so far hasn't shown the signs to even get in the starting eleven. Yeah. Let, let alone showing signs of why he should start next year and why he'll improve next year. So, <clears throat> look at the moment, Obafemi's scoring. Like when he when he seems to be playing, he is scoring. He is creating chances. He's working well for the team. When Adams is coming on, it's not having the same effect that Obafemi does. So mm. if Obafemi's like, third in the pecking order, he should be third in the pecking order because he's performed this season and Adams hasn't. Yes, I think that's true. Tiz, your thoughts, mate? Well, if you go and buy goals and goals alone, yeah, it's fair enough that Chai Adams is fourth. Do I think in the long term, Chai Adams will probably offer more than Obafemi? 
maybe because I think he's probably a better all-round striker and he's probably yeah. got a higher potential. But at the moment, if Ivan Femi is the one scoring goals, then he's the one that deserves to be on the on the team sheet. He might be a better all-round striker, though, but the fact is is that he's not doing it or he's not doing what he should be doing. That's what I mean. To mm. get on the pitch. Well, but yeah. Femi at the moment, he, he may not be better all-round, but he's better at the moment than Adam is. Other, yeah, I form, yeah, in form, in morale, like being positive going forward. Like when Adam, whenever Adams has come on, he's looked like he he doesn't bring a presence onto the pitch. Mm. Is like, I I know it's quite hard, but against Newcastle, Long had a presence up front. He was chasing mm. balls down. He was winging them in the air. He was at least challenging. Adams just seemed a little bit lost in what he was doing. Yeah. I know he only had 10 minutes and we did concede as soon as he got on the pitch, but like, it's, it's a, like here's he's a, a comparison, see if you like it. Early season Warprouse looked a little bit lost, didn't quite know what he was doing, but if he hits it right and hits the form, we could see Adams hit form like Warprouse is hitting now, or can you know being solid in that actual starting 11. I feel like Adams is a really good player because you can see there is potential there, but he just hasn't shown it yet. And you think if it does eventually come out, he could be, you know, the partnership with Danny Ings and maybe not Shane Long to Mikey's detriment. But, yeah, but you know, would, would you Adam, drop Shane now? Like no, this, not now. This, no, no, no. That's so if you, if you wouldn't drop Shane now, when are you going to give Adams the chance? Uh, well, I suggested going into the under-23s and Ralph had obviously heard my feedback and he's popped in in the <laughs> under-23s. So. He, is a, he is a listener. <laughs> yeah, but the problem is the under-23s is not I the know, same. but he's game. now hit back in the net in an actual semi-competitive game in the first time in about six months or so. So although it's not a full step, it's a half step and hopefully he can uh, he can move on and when he gets his chance, he can uh, capitalise. I think that's the the best way for it, isn't it? And Hoiberg, Bednarek, Bufal and Romeo all played under twenty three football in the last three years and they've all played quite a lot of a lot of games. The only thing with the Chadams thing, do you think well one he's got two assists and no goals, Overfam has got two goals and no assists, so they've both still got the same sort of out oh, goal contribution, that sort of thing. Do you think if Che Adams Scored against Burnley first game of the season instead of hitting the side netting, or always able to score against Sheffield United where he got vitally unlucky. Do you think yeah. he would be on a much different goal tally? Because I was going to say gift different goal tally, but I know Mike would have said yeah, two been on one instead of zero. Yeah. So I'm going to say a much different goal tally. Yeah, um, pernickety Mikey there. Um, uh, I I don't know. I can't. I'm not too sure. I I'd assume that strikers feed on goals and their confidence brews from there. Um, I think it's easier for midfielders to pick up positives than I think it is for strikers because they're assessed just on their goals. So it would make sense, but I can't. I you know I can't really give an accurate. You know, Mikey, you were a striker. How does it feel when you're not in the goals? <laughs> Doesn't feel great, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, was that a bit loaded? That did that hit a bit that, too that, close? That, that hurt a lot considering you know, no goals in my last season that, that, that oh, quite a bit oh, sorry mate I didn't really mean to hit that as a personal attack I, but I don't want to hear anymore <laughs> well if you see Mikey just walk out it's not because he's got to sort out his dinner it's because he's, he's left um, I don't know Tiz you posed the question what do you think well yeah, yeah I, th- I think so uh, I think there's a definite chance there's a there's a lot of luck involved you could say if there wasn't an injury when 
you know, Rashford came, I know it's an odd comparison, but if an injury didn't happen when Rashford came into the Manchester United side for a Europa League game under Louis van Gaal, he might not have got that chance in a similar way if Che Adams was able to score that goal against Burnley or against Sheffield United, there's a good chance he'd be able to push on because they confidence flows through goals. And that's probably why Ings has got so many this season because you've seen by the confidence, his movement of his play, the yeah. way he holds up the ball. Not in most recent times, but you know the first 25 games of the season. That's why he scores so many goals because it's all based around confidence. It, it, it also like, just just saying that though it, it annoys me when people go like ifs and buts and whatever because that's not happened like yeah yeah if if Adams would have scored the first goal uh, in the first game of the season he could have gone on and scored 20 goals this year but he have, yeah. but he also could have scored that one and and mm. that that like because we played if he would have scored against Sheffield United we played five at the back. <coughs> So that system may still be in play. We could have done a little bit better, probably not as well as we've done now. We could have done a little bit better with that five at the back, and we wouldn't yeah. have system. We could still be in the bottom three. So like everything that's happened this year, even though Adams hasn't had a very good year, one good thing that could have happened may have been to the detriment of the team. Now that's incredibly harsh in saying that because like Adams was playing up front, Ings was playing on the wing. Like mm. against Sheffield United, I don't actually know. Ings wasn't even starting against Sheffield. Ings didn't start the season. He came yeah. off the bench against Liverpool and got, got his first. Yeah. So, just yeah. those those things happening. I'm sure. I'm sure Adams will come good at some point. He he can come good. Because yeah. um, he he does have the potential to. Come good. It's just whether if he's given a chance, whether he's going to take it or not, mm. and he has to take it if he's going to make it in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know, I don't know any Premier League club that will give him another shot. I don't know any Premier League. Maybe Bournemouth. Mm. Bournemouth might like Leeds. They've got, they've got a history. A yeah, yeah. Leeds maybe. They've got. Yeah. End of the day, it comes down to checking your chances when you can. And that's what yeah. makes a striker because that's what you got to do in the in the games, let alone uh, starting. So yeah. God, we got a lot out of that question, didn't we? So yeah. uh, who did that come in from, Tis? That came from Chu Enu. There you go. Thanks for that one. Should we go for another one? Right. Next one, Sam Whitney says, "Who plays at right back?" But we'll cover that when we look at the lineups against Norwich. Ooh, so stay yeah, tuned okay. to that one. Yeah, yeah. Valerie Beavis, right Paul Beavis, forty-one says, "Where will we finish in the table?" Um, <laughs> oh man, I we do. It seems like we, this comes up like every, to be fair. At the start of the season, we got this quite a few times. Um, at the start, we were all saying kind of twelve, weren't we? And we'd kind of be mm. happy. That's what I said. I think twelve. Yeah, um, but. I think we'd all probably be pretty happy with that now. I think we had a good up, around, especially around Christmas. If we can kind of get the key the key fixtures, get the points in the key fixtures and have a couple of... Uh, to be fair, I wouldn't be surprised if we get a couple of points from uh, the big teams because our style kind of suits that. So, But I wouldn't rely on it. So I'd say pick up some decent points against the, the smaller teams, a couple of upsets against the big teams, and then a... Uh, push for top 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 half, and if we fall short around twelve, I think it's been a fairly successful season. So, I think that's the thing. do you <laughs> think if we don't beat Norwich, but then we win our next game and we're on thirty-seven, and we probably stand up? Do you think we'll be on the beach and we probably won't put not put the effort in because that's harsh, but we'll get complacent because we know we're safe and we know we also won't get Europe at the same time. So there's not really anything to aim for to fight for. I think there's always a always a push, and you know what's around you, don't you? You can see 
Everton and were what in the the relegation zone at the start of the year, and now they're, you know, they're pushing for for Europe and stuff around there. So I think it's really just about mentality, and I'd hope Ralph can get the players motivated to push for the next target, whether it's safety, then forty, then top half. I I hope he does have the, you know, the management to be able to get them to push for the next target. I think, uh, but yeah, Mike, you you poked your head up. What 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 were you thinking? I uh, I just. Because we saw at the end of last year that we did go into a bit of a slump after we like got safety. Yeah. It did feel like we did go in a little bit of a slump. And I think maybe this is what we're going to get with this squad of players. We don't really have the quality to push for Europe. But we also seem to have a squad of players that once the job's done, they do switch off. You see, at the end of games, we think that the job's done and then we switch off and we concede. Yeah. So maybe this is the group of players that we do that they will get it over the line. They will survive. They will get the forty points. But maybe when the forty points are there, it might go downhill. So yeah, and I, I think it's a it's a horrible cycle to get into because when you finish a season poorly, you're going to start the next season poorly. That's usually how it goes. Yeah. And if you finish season well, you'll start the season well. So hopefully we'll push on, get good momentum finish the season well hopefully we'll end, uh, start the next season well but in all fairness this league this year you could win two against the top six and then lose to the bottom three mm-hmm. so it, it, it'll we'll get we'll definitely survive I would have thought but I don't know have you enjoyed this season because I was thinking about I think it's been a really kind of strange season there hasn't been too many we've had a, some good upsets but I feel like it's been quite a We've got we're in the position we are. We're almost safe, but I feel like it's not been a successful season. I think it's just been a standard season. I, I think that's. I think that's a better question for the end of the year. I don't okay. think it's a. I don't think it's a question that could be answered now because we don't know how. Well, let's... Pop that one in the diary then. Yeah. Okay. Are you happy with the? Blah, blah, blah. Well, okay, we'll say that for later. We'll, we'll finish planning off the podcast maybe um, Tiz do you want to have a weigh in you know where do you reckon we're going to end up near the end of the season um, if we lose against Norwich probably 15th if we beat Norwich probably uh, 12th Six. or 13th 12th or 13th <laughs> I think, I think it, it does come down to this this game whether the players think they can get or at least try and put, push for the top 12 and if they don't they'll probably just relax a bit because they know we're probably not going to get into one of the top positions. Fair play. Okay. Um, should we go for another one then? Sure thing. We've got Bradders underscore 1302 saying, are we going to progress with Ralph with our current ownership? Mm, I was, who was I having a chat with this? I think it was you, Mikey. I'm not sure. Maybe it was someone on the phone. I can't remember. I was basically saying... No, it was Jamie, who's not here at the moment. You probably have noticed because, you know, he's quite a presence in the Jambo. But I was uh, having a chat with him. <laughs> um, I was having a chat with him yesterday about Ralph and, and uh, the ownership. And I was saying that you've got a guaranteed good manager there with Ralph. Um, as Mikey now quits the podcast because those... Uh, Comments got way too much for him. He's out now off. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, when I was saying that you've got a good manager with Ralph, you can you can stick with that. And uh, with the change, I think the uh, the change of recruitment there looks quite positive. It looks like we've got a decent set up there. But if we change the ownership, I think it's a very big, st- you know, the stick or twist situation. I think with Gal, we will kind of level to a. Because if we need to sell in order to recruit, I feel like 
you're not going to have a, a strengthening of a squad. You're just going to have a kind of balancing and you're depending on a, you know, a massive transfer to hit right, which I think is just a little bit too risky in the current market. Um, so I think you're right. What's going on? Nothing. It's fine. Okay. I think it's a little bit too risky to just try and keep finding hidden gems, which I think is when Les Reed's luck ran out a little bit where he couldn't keep finding these brilliant players. So, um, I think you do need some sort of investment from the, the owner. So whether he says we, you've got 30 million plus anything that we bring in as well. I feel like that could be a something decent like that, but, um, yeah, I, I'm where. But if you twist and you get a new chairman, there's no. I mean, everyone's thinking Red Bull or some Saudi prince is going to turn up and take us yeah, to Champions yeah, League. Yeah, that's not happening. But it's a very risky move, and a lot of, um, you know, if you don't get the right owner, you can destroy a club much quicker than you can progress it much higher. So I think it's risky, and um, I'm content. I'm not thrilled, but I'm content with Gal's ownership at the moment. And I, th- I just think it's a lot riskier to try and change the the chairman for that slight success you can get from it for that massive fall that could happen as well. So, yeah, I, mm, I I I say be careful of what you wish for. Yeah, I say at the moment we we're not we're not thriving under Gouds. Don't get me no. wrong. We've got a sustainable model that means we won't get in financial trouble. We won't be spending money where we're not supposed to. We're going to invest mm. what we have and not invest what we don't so i'm one of the minority that i'm like you said i'm not delighted with the way that you know we're run but i'm i'm happy with the way we're run because i know it won't get us into trouble and i know that under gal there's a high percentage chance that we'll stay in the premier league because it's not running an idiotic way it's running a safe way yeah yeah i i just think it's a weird time for these talks to happen because we're halfway through a rebuild we, we've got a new director of football in, we've got a new football, footballing director in, we've got a new head of an academy in. Like, we, we're getting, we're getting like, structure to our club, which we yeah. ruined last year when we fired everyone. So, yeah. like, it's such a weird time, because if Gal's done all this restructuring, and it's not like he hasn't spent either. I, I don't get the fact, yeah. like, yes, it's a Chinese owner, but he said at the start was that he wasn't going to inject 200 million pounds into our squad and then we're going to be European football he's invested in signings that he's been suggested to do it's not like he's done in Ashley and he's not signing players at all he's doing what he thinks right at the club and he also said that when he took over the club wasn't financially stable it wasn't a well-run club. Like we did, were going downhill. We didn't have the finances to keep pumping money in. And you look at the players that we got out on loan. There's a reason why it wasn't a run well. Yeah, yeah. With Carrillo, Hoyt, these guys are going to be on 60, 70 grand a week. So those are the wages we need to get taken off. And I think it is just patience that we need. It's patience. We're we're in the middle of a rebuild, and the fact yeah. that we're doing this rebuild in the Premier League, we're going to stay up this year as well. We've mm. managed to stay up the last two years where things I, have put down. Like we we are in a very lucky position in the fact that mm. we're still in the Premier League and doing this rebuild. Yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree with you. And that's exactly the way that football fans should be looking at it. And I think that's more defending Gal's ownership. But the fact that we're now hearing rumours of him testing the waters to see if there's anything coming in that's when i think it's really strange because i'm thinking this guy became a billionaire by his stocks absolutely rising in china he's had to recently uh, sell off 30 percent of his company of lander off to get money 
and now suddenly he wants to he's looking to see if there's any offers coming i just think it's quite strange the fact that yeah this the so-called person who's made stocks going up by 700 percent, and suddenly he wants to you know see if there's anyone want to come in for 250 million cold hard cash you know what i mean it, it might sound a little bit strange but i yeah i don't know exactly what if he is now doing this this uh, rebuild surely he's got to be part of the rebuild because he's yeah. the main guy it's built around and I, I totally agree with you in the fact that you say that gals are you know uh all the things that you're saying there that he's invested people need to be patient but he's got to be patient with himself and if he's the man leading this restructure he's got to be in there for the long run and he? he can't just jump ship and suddenly take his cash and uh, run off to the bank i, I just don't think that's uh well, I, d- I don't think that's what the story was. I think the story's been taken out of context quite a bit. I think I think it was a gal's open for other people to buy stakes in the club. I still think he wants to be the main head of the club and the chairman of the club, or, or no, the owner of the club. It's just he's open for other people to have stakes in the club. I think that's what he's selling off. I think I think it's just been quite. I think a lot of big Southampton Twitter people have just taken it a step too far and saying that Gal wants to sell. But I don't think he actually wants to sell. I don't think that's what the story was. But I don't know. That might have been my confusion. Mm. Okay. Uh, Tiz, any other kind of final thoughts? Of where are you? Uh, we've got Julianella. Julianella. I, I'm sorry. I don't know how to pronounce your name. Uh, what is your favourite colour? <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. That, that threw me off guard a little bit there. Yeah. Favourite colour? Orange. Um, would, would I be boring in saying red? I feel like that's Mine a little used basic. to be yellow. Yellow. What is, what is it now then, Tizan? Actually, no, yeah. <laughs> I'll stay loyal to it. I yellow. Really, yellow. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. I, I, to be, fair, to be fair, thing like uh, red for things like decoration to wear, I quite like um, light blues because... I think it looks I quite like it so if I was going to pick something to wear it would probably be like a light blue but if it's like I don't know decoration might be a red I didn't really think we were going to be covering colours or stuff like that but if you want a spin off and we can talk about you know our favourite colours or our favourite letter of the alphabet stuff like that we could do that as well H yeah because that's Harry isn't it you little ego centric uh... dead give up like you, you just leak stuff on the phone I know god that, that goes that spin off Harry god <laughs> you have to scrap off all that that, that could have been 45 minutes that we didn't have yeah. to do in this Dan Hurst 96 if we lose on Saturday are we back at a relegation scrap uh, depends oh, on the results why is Dan always so negative, because, mate? Because we lost, we lost against Newcastle. Yet we kept our seven points distant uh, difference. So it depends on other results. Depends on other results. Yeah, I guess if it, we probably will be sucked back a little bit into it. And hopefully, I think we're in a period of around Christmas when we we're picking up results. We were only looking higher. Whereas I think now, if we continue to lose and other teams pick up points, they're going to start looking behind themselves again rather than keep looking above. And I think that was what our success was around Christmas. When confidence is brewing, you're just looking ahead. You're not looking below. And I think if uh, you know if we if we do start to drop our results, they're going to look behind again. I think they were going to mentally. I think it will be they'll be disappointed that they'll be sucked back into it again. Because I think they almost had that relief and were playing well because they had that relief. It's not a relegation battle anymore. They can be expressive and you know yada yada. yada. But you know, Tiz, what do you reckon, mate? 
I don't, we're not in a scrap at the moment, like you said. I think I think we're sort of doing fencing with the other relegation candidates. Like we're quite we're far enough away that we don't need to be too concerned. But if they press if they press a bit too hard on us, then that's where we need to properly start picking up points. But I think we're close enough to thirty eight points to properly not have to be too concerned because that's still only what a win and a draw in the whole rest of the season and we'll be fine. Yeah. So I don't think so. I just love your frames of reference. So far, we've had a Manchester United team from about three years ago that have come up. And we've also had a fencing analogy that's also come <laughs> up as well today. So, yeah. Um, okay. Uh, Mike, do you have any other kind of thoughts on that? Or should we go for another question? Go for another question. That is that is the end of the questions. Oh, okay. Well, we won't go for another question. We'll we won't go for another question. Then we'll, we'll just... Famous... Press conference. Now, I wanted a jingle for this, but Mikey won't let me have one. Right, so, you're mentioning this jingle in every single podcast. Yeah. Why don't you just make it by my back and stick it? Because you won't let me make it. I would make it and I'd have an epic sounding music with a little bed underneath while it's going on, but you won't let me do it. Mikey's press conference. Wait, have you got a, can you do something on the harmonica? No. Ah, okay, fine. Right, go for it then. Jingle over. But uh, uh, do we need to keep filling? Because no. Mikey's not ready. Mikey's first Quiet. conference. Mikey's press conference. Right, you were complaining that podcast are too long and you're taking time with this. Right. Uh Aston Neutral said that um like even with or without supporters on the weekend, depending on how coronavirus goes, uh you try to stay focused on the game and train like normal. Um, he says that there are more important things than football. Uh, so, yeah, fair enough. Um, on, on being play, uh, played behind closed door, Ralph said it would help for the competition if it's important. Um, and he'd say it's a bit like a training game. It won't feel like an actual game. It'd be like one of the friendlies down at Staplewood. Yeah. Um, also said it's important to get back on track with a win. Um, especially because of the two and a bit weeks that we're spending without a game. Yeah. Redden's still out, Moose is suspended, and Stuart Armstrong is back. Yes, so in. you would have thought that Armstrong will basically just swap in for Gineppo in the first 2 2. He says, uh, Hassan just says that he's got full of, uh, he's full of praise for Norwich. Uh, because they like to keep the ball, they like to be a possession side, and I think which he likes the that because works. we can press them. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, pretty which, much. Um, and they, he praises Norwich also for sticking with their philosophy. Because even mm. even if they've only picked up twenty one points this year, they haven't changed how they've played. Um, he he said that there's other things to be concerned about apart from the ownership uh, right now. Mm. Uh, Interesting. The the concentration levels of Southampton. He said you he must they must be committed as well. Uh, that was about it. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Well, right. Here's my question, and this probably could have been answered if we got a Norwich interview, but we didn't really think about that. We've all been quite busy. Um, but I was thinking, what has Norwich's fallback been this year? Because they people have been saying they play good football. They've got good individual players. Pookie hit good at the start of the season. Campwell looks a good talent. Uh, Buendia statistically is right up there. What is their fullback with them? Uh, defence. Defence. Is that right, Tish? Uh, You're the, the journo. Is that a correct assessment in the, the defence that lets them down? 
Oh, yeah, most certainly, especially set pieces as well. You saw at our place, we scored from two set pieces. That's that's their main letdown. Away form is quite big for them as well. I think they've only picked up six away from home. So the remainder of their points have come at home. And they've, you know, they've beaten Leicester in their most recent away game. So a home game on a Friday night, which, to say the least, we weren't able to do. So um, they're, they're relatively sure at home. They'll also be able to beat... Uh, Newcastle at home, which once again we weren't able to do. So they're a decent team, but defensively they are quite—they're they, there to be had, especially if we do have those balls into the box. You know, men running across the front post—it wasn't working against Newcastle, but it worked both times we tried it against Norwich on the home match. So I think because they do play football, I'm more confident in our style actually working I don't know whether that's just you guys but um, yeah wait so that's press conference done should we just go into a, what we actually think about the match now then should we just go for just go for it yeah just go for we'll it we're just going to go for it we're just going to go for it we don't care we're wild we're crazy man we're just going to go for it um, <laughs> um, uh, but yeah I think the I think the press will actually work against this game I think it will actually be successful. I think we went through Burnley, where it didn't work. Newcastle didn't work. Who else didn't it work? Well, it didn't really work against West Ham away, did it? No, um, no not quite. No, not really. I mean, we watched it. I mean, me and Mike, we both watched it. It was pretty bad, wasn't it? Your stand-up routine was pretty good, though. Mikey's. Uh, I think we mentioned it previously. Mikey went into a little stand-up routine. It took the miss, uh, mick out of me as well because uh, I made a poor comment about Best of God. But hey, so yeah, against all those teams, we. Uh, we did. It didn't really work, did it? Whereas, well, I think if Norwich do actually want to play football, and we can press them, push them into channels, and get that ball back, I think we can. Especially away from home as well, I think it could be a a good game for us. Are you in agreement? What do you reckon? Yeah, yeah. I think it's. Um, I don't know. I don't know that because Norwich do have something to play for. They they do have a relegation scrap to get back into. Because mm. of course they're they're bottom of the league, aren't they? Twenty one. Yeah. They're seven points off of safety. So Indeed. if there's any time that they need to get points on the board, it's now. Yeah. Um, and Pookie's sort of gone off form at the moment. I don't think he looks bulky, didn't he? I don't know if you've seen that, but I was watching him. He looks bigger. I don't know. Is that just me? That's, or do I, you... I don't know. I think that's just his size. Or that's just his stature. One that's question that. I've got as well. What formation do they line up? In. Four two three one. Four two three one. Yeah. How do we defend against a four two three one? Like I know uh, we line two banks of fours up and a bank of two. Bank of two. Yeah, yeah. So we make it compact, but between the two. So if Pookie's in between the two defenders, does one of them pick and one of them cover, or how do we? Okay, because against two strikers, we we uh, we struggle. struggle a little bit, don't we? Because it's literally man for man, and if there's a mistake, they punish. Whereas. When we have got one, is it one, you know, goes tight and one drops off? How do we kind of deal with just the one striker? Talking alive, but I haven't watched that. I know I know I've been to yeah, yeah. home games this year or whatever it's been. But then we've got we've got a double pivot in front of the defence. So does one of them, you know, uh a drop in if they've got because they've got three if they've got three across the front, they're gonna have one number ten, which is probably gonna be what, Buendia? So you can probably... I, I'm just looking at it and uh, thinking... When they're on the right, Cantwell on the left, and yeah. Steve in behind. Okay. So, because I'm just looking at it and I'm thinking we've got four at the back, which will will cover the wingers, and then you've got two backing up on Pookie, then you've got two double pivots against one attacking, and they've got two people in front of their defence. So I feel like there's a lot of space in the middle that can be taken advantage of. 
and I think not not for us for them there's quite a bit of yeah space. I mean, that's what I mean advantage of but like in all fairness the way that we seem to play especially away from home mm. we'll, we'll miss the midfield we, we just yeah. we just hit the ball forward and look like hope it goes to long but You'll get down to one of the attacking midfielders or one of the wings are confident enough if you can get in between the three and the two that space in the middle if you could cut inside and get in that pocket if you get one of them to actually uh, bait and either move and get into that pocket, I reckon you could. There is movement there, and you, there is space to work with. I think it's forty-three one's quite a compact formation, and they can, you know, you can really tight. You can almost go into a four-five-one when you're defending, aren't you? But I think especially if they, if we counter press them and try and force those mistakes, there's space to be worked around there. I think with that that is something we can. Uh, we can capitalise on. Is there anything else you think we could capitalise on, Tiz? You know, yeah, you, you, talk, you talk about Pookie. He he likes to run in between the lines. He likes yeah. he's, he's sort of a, a, a sort of Gav, not really a Gary Dini striker, but he likes to run in behind and make those runs because that's the majority of the way he gets those goals. Makes late runs into the box. He's sort of mm. that that po- that po- sort of poacher striker that that's the way he gets his goals. So he's not a big, he's not a tall lad. He's not necessarily quick. So he's got to be the, the sort of player that's smart with his movement. And he saw that at St. Mary's and his goal and it's a tidy finish as well. Mm. The way that we can pounce on their mistakes or pounce on their defensive mishaps isn't necessarily through the pressing because they've, they're not a team that's, you know, liable for mistakes. They're just poor at defending, if that makes sense. They're not someone yeah. that gives the ball away quite easily. They just not they're not very good when a team's going at them. So for me it's, it's got to be those set pieces like we saw at the home game. Put, mm. the, put as many balls as we can into the box, try and win those corners, try and win those set pieces around the box. Um at the moment Crawl's in good form. He's probably one of the main reasons why they're not on 10 points rather than 21 because he's kept them yeah. in quite a lot of games you've seen it with the Tottenham game as well with, he's, a, he's a fantastic penalty saver so for me it's got to be those set pieces yeah fair play and we're talking about um, I think Ings has got to play isn't he? he's our best finisher by far the best goal scorer on our team I think he's got to be in the team um, excuse me um, Shane Long is there for the outlet as well I think that's got to be what might as well go through our actual team sheet as well now, we mentioned this earlier in the episode, didn't we? I can't remember the gentleman that did send in the question, but he asked who he'd play at right-back. Now, it's a good pro- provider of width when we use our, our wing-backs to get round, so we have the option. It seems like all of our wing-backs are fit. Who would you call up and who would you keep at right-back? Is it Valerie? Is he staying on despite the mistake? Would you see Walker-Peters come back in? You know, like what would you what would you hope for? I think I've said this at, in the last podcast. The best way for a player to get over making a mistake is playing in the next game. I totally agree. Yeah. So I'd, I'd leave Valerie there. I would I, as I well. Yeah. I don't know how much quality. I mean, Carl Walker Peters has only played once, so I don't know how much quality he would actually bring to the team. I don't know yeah. if he's better than what we've already got. But the best way of a player making like, there's two ways it can go. You can either have a fantastic game like McCarthy did after making a mistake leading to a goal. He can be brilliant, or yeah. make another mistake like Jack Stevens did at the back end of last season, where he just kept going and kept going. I so say, if he makes another mistake this game, that's when you take him off and you yeah. get a break from football. But mm-hmm. at the he's he's had so long out of football now that I just think play him again. Because you think- can only get better with more minutes. Mm-hmm. I also think it shows it shows that kind of faith in the player that he's better than just one mistake. Like if Ralph says to him, I don't care you made that mistake, you're playing again, I think it would really instill confidence into him. 
and hopefully he I think as a player and as a young player you build off those experiences and you basically as you get older you build that kind of thicker skin to to that criticism and I, I yeah I'd hope that he does get played again would you would you say that Valerie needs to play again Tiz or would you say I Walker Peters he's, he's got more of a future at our club than oh, yeah, Walker definitely. Peters because I was talking to a Tottenham fan earlier today and he, he doesn't feel like Walker Peters really has that much of a future at Tottenham because they're the competitiveness at the right back spot but then again you know he's not as he's not as you know, agile as Walker Peters but he's a taller player and it's, it's just a bigger unit, you know. In the past, we struggled with height at right back. You saw Cedric with those, you know, uh, back post crosses that we could see a lot. Valerie can stop that. And he's not a slow guy, and he's confident on the ball when he dribbles, when he's got the confidence flowing through him. And like I said, yeah. because we don't have a lot to challenge for this season, I feel like this is the perfect time to, like Mikey said, and you said, keep him in the team and try and let him play. But for me, do you think this is a good game for him to come back into? You know, it's a, it's the bottom of the league. Mm. You know, there's a good chance that he's not going to get a lot of attack down that right side. Maybe, you know, Cantwell or Biff Buendia decides to play on that left-hand side because they're both very creative players that if Norwich go down, they won't be there this next season. Even, even if they do stay up, they probably won't be there this season. next season. Do you yeah. think it's a good game for him to, you know, get that recovery from? Or I don't think there's any easy wingers in this league it's like there's no easy teams in this league but every every winger that is playing out wide has either something to prove or is on good form so I wouldn't be surprised if you know like you're not going to come up against a winger that's going to be an easy game so it shows faith if Ralph sticks with him it's against bottom of the league so you may give get that little bit of leeway that you might not previously get and I think it's a uh yeah, I, I just hope that he can uh, can bounce back, and we have that that almost that chance to almost get like a McCarthy performance. He can uh, he's got something to prove now. He can go out there and prove that he's got something to uh, something to show. Uh, yeah, but you know, uh, what would you say, Mike, to to this question? On? Of what <laughs> the question you just asked? Uh, yeah, yeah. Do you not remember it? <laughs> No. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> right. Well, has anyone else got anything to kind of add on the final, final thoughts on the Norwich game? Do you want to go for a prediction? Do you want to go for? A Let's go for the lineup. What, what, how else do you think we're going to change? Oh, do you think? Okay. Do you think? Do you think Shane Long will start? Do you, do you think yes. Danny? I think, will yeah, I think start? it'll be a pretty standard team that we're thinking of. I think Ralph knows the people that can play his system and will stick to him when he can. I think it will be normal. Uh, back five with Valerie, I think. Well, that's what Ooh, we hope, anyway. Back five with Valerie. Well, you know, McCarthy is in a back oh, five. I don't mean like a back five is in defence. A sweeper keeper. He played really well against West Ham. <laughs> Stop it. Um, and then uh, two double pivots. Warprouse, Hoiberg. I think we saw Warprouse coming back. Just added that motor. Armstrong and Buffal are our two only available wingers. And uh, Shane Long for an outlet. Danny Ings for the. For the goals, I think it's pretty nailed on. And any variation in that, can you think of? No, but what what sticking point then for us? Where do you think Norwich could get a goal, could get the win, could get a point? A point really wouldn't help them. But you know, if, if there's any way that Norwich will win, and there's a definite chance because they they've battled well in the last few weeks. Yes, they got a disappointing result against Sheffield United, <laughs> but two good wins against Tottenham and Leicester. Where do you think they can profit from in our Team, uh, keep going even after uh, even after eighty eight five minutes. Please. Yeah, yeah. Go, Just go hell for leather around. If we if we've got a uh, 
a result so far about 80 minutes just go hell for leather and we'll eventually crack i think it's our main thing and i i think it's just composure especially with uh, our recent kind of results i think if, as long as they're relentless and they keep going they can they can cause us issues so yeah i think that's my my worries you mentioned it yourself too as well what do you reckon is uh, your worry against norwich then yeah i think I think Danny Murphy said it that they're probably going to be the best team to finish bottom of the league. And like, you, and I was watching a program called Football Daily, or sorry, a channel called Football Daily, and they they said a good point that no other league was almost any team, not any player, sorry, but a te- a, be- a a player's a team's best player getting to any team there, in the actually. league. So if you look at Buendia, he'd probably get into the Liverpool squads or like in the, into the top six. He probably gets to Liverpool squad because you know he's a very good creative midfielder. He hasn't scored his goal this year. Yeah, but he's a creative midfielder. If you look at the, if you look at his underlying statistics, who's that? Uh, Who you about? Wendia. He's, yeah, he's, he's got seven assists this year, but uh, I wouldn't say top six. But he's one season or seven assists. If you have a look, he's the. I think he at one point he was the highest. Um, Deep line passes, or the no, not the deep line. Uh, final third passes and uh, most chances uh, created. Yeah, yeah, things like right. that. He was stocks above everyone else, and yeah, you had to look at the, the stats in um, the Premier League. You know, all the the black box and stuff that they got there. He was headline in all of them. So I think you actually have a look at chance created, uh, chances created by ninety and stuff like that. He's really up there, isn't he? Too. So I think mm. statistically, he is highlighted as a very good player, and I think he is one of their biggest threats that they do have. So I think, I think it's just them playing through the lines because you saw mm. it against um, Newcastle a bit. The amount of space in the middle that we sort of gave Gale was yeah. quite concerning. When he got Pookie, who's actually scored a handful of Premier League goals this season, you've got the quality to match it well as well with Todd Cantwell and Buendia, putting those balls into the box, putting them right into the, the dangerous areas. I yeah. think that's, that's a main concern. And like you said also... It, as long as they keep competing from the 80th to the 90th minute, there's a good chance they'll get a clear-cut opportunity. And I think that, one thing as chance. well, I don't know where, if they if they play out the press and can switch it into the space on the opposite side, because as we all squish and move over, I think it, it means that everyone's all in different positions and they're filling. If they switch to play, we've got that feeling of kind of unrest and uneasiness. And I think that almost came a little bit. So when Maxim was closing us, the ball was kind of bobbling around. Valerie didn't get it cleared. Maxim was straight in. And I don't, I don't think that's necessarily to do with the shape, but I think it's to do, you know, like if they they put pressure and they can move the ball quick and play out the press, they can they can pose a danger and they're right back at our back four because our press is so aggressive. And I think that's... But the thing know. is, if everyone knows their duty and if we press well, yeah. it doesn't matter what shape we're in. Because mm. because we know that Hoyberg and Will Prowse can cover up both fullbacks. We know that Armstrong can slot in in the centre. We know that Shane Long, Danny Ings can drop deeper. So as as much as like switching the play really would affect it, and maybe that would cause a little bit of unrest, a little bit of movement from our defences and like that. We know that we've got players that can cover and that can do the roles right. So instead of thinking of how they can break us down, how can we break them down with the press? What happens if the press is actually successful? Yeah, and I think if it's true. We get the ball out. 
it feels like every single time we're making a point or trying to make a comment it's always negative what can they do to us yeah, but that was Tiz's question wasn't it he yeah said, but that's, that's constantly what it seems to be is what they can do to my, us my, my only thing is because ours is it's because this is a Southampton podcast and this is by us of how we're going to destroy not not destroy Norwich but how we're going to break down Norwich and how we're going to do stuff to Norwich and because people hear every week of how we're going to beat teams I yeah. always try to put that question in for other people to see how Norwich play and see how they're going to break I, us I down. I don't watch Norwich play. I don't watch them. <laughs> okay. This, this is going off of probably about two or three highlights on Sky Sports. That's what this is going <laughs> off of. I've got no clue how they play. Uh, okay. Well, we'll, uh, we'll do a, a bit of podcast planning off air and uh, we'll kind of... Should we wrap it up there for the moment then? Um, Good idea. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening if you have enjoyed. Um what are we gonna? We've got predictions. Oh yeah, what we do you think the game's gonna? And happen? Harry's question. Harry's question. Well, what do you? Ollie. Can we do? Can we do prediction? I reckon it's gonna yeah. be a two 0 uh, McCarthy guaranteed three points, so I'm gonna say one nil. Okay. Luke McCarthy guaranteed three points, so I'm gonna go one one. Stop it! Stop it! Negative. Negative. Guys. Yeah, he's literally like a real life keyboard warrior, isn't he? It's just a pixel keyboard warrior. Uh, right. And as always, we always finish. We always do, don't we? We never forget it, do we? We always remember straight away. So Someone to, normally to, always tw- cheats we'll because they are not here this time. We can have real answers, which is nice. My question was when we drew 2 2 with Norwich in the FA Cup third round a couple of years ago, who scored for Southampton at Carrow Rose? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Um, two years ago. So what we talking? Um, be, yeah, two, two, maybe three. <laughs> January two thousand and seventeen. So blimey! Three uh, years. Any guesses? Twenty seventeen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did Yoshida score? He scored the seconds Ooh. in the sixty-seventh minute. When we were winning two one at that point, yeah, that's uh, and then it was it was a penalty for Norwich for that drew at level. I'm pretty sure. Uh, do you know, do you remember who conceded the penalty? Oh, no, no. <laughs> do you not? It was Harry Lewis. Harry oh, Lewis. My lord. Oh jeez, this is oh because it well, it could be anyone. Yeah. <laughs> Can you put us out of our misery, sir? Was it Nathan Redmond? Was Nathan Redmond the other goal scorer? No, he came, off the, he came off the bench in the second half. Right, no, let's list them all off. Gabbiadini, did he score? No, it wasn't Gabbiadini. Uh, Wolfhouse. No. Hoiberg. Uh, no, Hoiberg didn't score until Wigan. Uh, oh, I don't know, I don't know. Um, was it another defender? Josh Sims started the game. Yeah, but that doesn't help. <laughs> I don't know, man. Um, just tell us. Um, cause I'm it was Ver... Well done if you got that. Um, I was going to leave it a little bit longer, but we could have been there for years. So I thought either. Uh, trying to think of the other centre back words. I was trying to. Oh. Why was Harry Lewis playing if we had Van Dyke and Yoshida? Because it was Puel. Oh, back, he, was our, he was our backup young goalkeeper at the time. 
Wait, he he played against Arsenal as well. You know, he, he played that fourth round game against Arsenal when we got battered six one. <laughs> and so I just find that so strange that you don't rest Van Dyke, but that he rested, that he put Harry Lewis in there. Oh, it's cupkeeper, isn't it? Angus Gunn was our cupkeeper. So. Who scored a little bonus? Who scored the winner in the replay? I don't know. I don't <laughs> I just, care. I don't know. <laughs> It's disappointing to say the Shane least. Long? I don't know who was it. It, it was, was indeed. Shane. It was Shay Long. Was it? Yes. It was indeed Shay Long. Think I'd, oh my god! I got a Shane Long answer before Mikey. Ha- get in. Go on. And what a what a better way to finish a podcast. Right in the nineties minute. I got the question right with Shane Long as the answer. I mean, how better could you finish an episode? You know, my favourite player, Shane Long. I mean, I know Mikey's a bit indifferent on him. But yeah. I, I should have left players. my own for being a striker. It's been me, Ollie. I've also been joined by Harry. You have indeed. And also I've been joined with Mikey, who is not there. I'm absolutely done. <laughs> He's gone. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Keep the faith up the saints, all that. Yada, yada, yada. Goodbye. <laughs>